Hey, what's up, guys? You are listening to the Edge and Flow podcast. This is Lucas Burnley, and I'm here with my co-host, TJ Schwartz. This is officially our last podcast of the year of our Lord, 2023. And we're going to do a little bit of like reminiscing, I think. Mm. A little recap. Uh, 2017. It's coming up on seven years ago. Think about that. <laughs> I saw that somewhere. 2017 is almost seven years ago. You know, it gets movies are the ones that catch me now. Because I'll be like, I'll watch them. I'm like, oh, this came out in 2008. And you're like, CGI is still good. Or like, yeah. you know, film quality is really good. Like I can. It's coming up on 20 years You ago. know it if you're watching Die Hard, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah, this is different. It's like 90s. Not so. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Time, man. But yeah, how's been, how's your year been? This year's been a lot. Um, mm. Overall, man, like coming into the end of the year, I'm feeling like super positive. I feel like I feel very energized. Um, I feel a lot like I feel hopeful. Like there's a, there's a lot that I'm excited about. There's. I don't know. It's like always, this one is always like a hard question where it's like my brain has the right amount of like (laughs) interest and drive. I feel like. And coming at the end of the year, I feel like that is auspicious. What about you? Oh, it was a, a quick year, man. Like the way it just like flew. Yeah. It's crazy. Of course, it's always going to be that way, but. It was a it was a it was a growth year for the family. I think uh, I wrote a little like Christmas letter that we mailed out, and I just nice. kept thinking about growth in general, um, just in so many ways, not just like the obvious ways. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, a little bit of like weariness of growth addiction too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like growth means change, and like maybe change isn't ex- isn't always good. You know what I mean? So it's like a little bit of a double check reflection right now to make sure we don't like. I don't know, step on the gas harder than we need to, but yeah, growth for growth's sake is like, is yeah. not the goal. Right. Being, but I mean, it was a good year though. We're happy. You, yeah. Well, and <clears throat> right now you like, you are literally in a growth phase, right? Like because right, of right. the business and like the age of the babies, there's no, there's, I mean, you are not static. Right. I think, I think like one of the reasons I'm feeling so excited right now is I think I'm actually coming out of an intentional non-growth stage. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I think that for a while we had pushed so hard. And when I say like a while, I, I mean, it's like five years of pushing mm-hmm. really hard and a year or two of kind of a slowdown, which was very like, it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I think it was really necessary. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy too because it's like it doesn't feel it doesn't always, like I think I think at a certain point even if you make an intentional decision to like slow down or not push you're already doing so much that it it doesn't feel different. Mm. I think it has a I think it has a positive effect, but I don't think it's like a it's not like a drastic change where you're like yeah. oh man, like this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, I'm it's it's always so conflicting because it's like I can see the results of having just 
like you hear people call it a forward center of mass. Like mm-hmm. you're always falling forward. So if you trip, you're still going forward. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like always forward. Yeah. And it, it is not untrue. Like in my experience, that is a hundred percent true. But sometimes I, I wonder if I should be standing still more often, but at the same time, I'm like, it feels pretty good to move forward as well. Um, I don't know. That's just, that conundrum is what's on my mind, but it's, I think the sta- I think the standing still thing that, and this end of the year for me is usually it's like fair. It's fairly reflective. Like I spend a lot of time in my head. Um, I'm, I'm not incredibly sentimental around like holidays or like birthdays or anything like that as it relates to myself. Mm. Um, but I think I'm really sensitive to the changing of seasons. Mm. And I, I don't mean that in like the direct way. Like, I think I just, I think that, you know, seasons of life, business childhood like all these things like i feel those more than i feel like oh it's christmas again mm-hmm. you know and so i kind of look at it, i'm like i'm looking at my kids like coming into christmas now and like think and that makes me just like see the whole year in retrospect yeah. i'm like yeah, yeah. it's like all you know bo went from preschool to kindergarten this year you know and it's like i'm looking i look at them now and i i don't you don't you're not a you don't have an iphone so let me ask you this. Does your non-iPhone uh, give you tailored photo albums set to music? Yes. Google does Photos. That, does, that, like, <laughs> does that affect you in any way? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude, that one yeah. is like, we are essentially the first generation, I think, that has... Get the instant that. replay. <laughs> But curated, like, hey, here's Days at the Beach Mm -hmm. set to a smooth jazz. And you're like, oh, man, I don't need that. It's Tuesday. Like, like, I don't need that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a weird one. I don't even know where I was going with that. That's just like a tangent. But, But the idea of like, I think of standing still. So end of the year retrospective, I think that you and I, when we, when we first started talking about doing this, it was like, Oh, should we like write some things down from the year? I never track anything. And -hmm. I think that coming into the end of the year, this year is different because I actually have tracked things. I've tracked, um, things that I want to do. I've tracked like some successes. I've tracked financial things because of like multiple conversations around the fact that I was not acknowledging good things happening. I was Mm. only pushing. Mm -hmm. So I think that that as like a method of standing still is something that is effective. If you are the type that wants to push. I I, I like what you just said about acknowledging good things that are happening. Yeah. Because that's something I'm not good at. Dude, I'm like, there's there's a lot there. So I recently like I had like any kind of end of year meetings with my accountant and my mm-hmm. um, my business coach. And what was interesting to me was we had like some parallel conversations, totally unrelated, where that kind of came up, which mm-hmm. was like, dude, you're super hard on yourself. And here's some things that like I saw happen throughout the year for you can you like acknowledge that you know mm-hmm. and it's like i have a response to it because i don't want to yeah 
So I think that if you track it, what's cool about that is you actually don't really have to acknowledge it. Yeah. For whatever reason, like you can just see it and you're, I think there is in there, like there's, there's enough value to be, even if it's just from the standpoint of like, Oh, I would like to do less of that next year or more of that next year. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I think one thing that would be wise would be, I've not been one to journal, but I want to try it because I, I noticed I I basically never write like self-reflectively at all. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, I wrote that little Christmas letter and I think that's what jogged my mind about this is I, I wrote like a little small, like two or three sentence paragraph about each of the people in, the, in our family and like what oh, happened man. this year. And so I'm like, well, I have to write one about me. I'm like, you know, <laughs> then it was like the first time I ever sat in a long time where I was like, what did I do this year? Like, what are the good things that people want to know that I did? And, I, and you then draw it, a blank. Yeah. Like I mean, at first, you yeah, draw it's like, like yeah. in the instant response is like, oh, what did I do? And then it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we hired an employee. Uh, that's kind of new. Like things went, things have been going good. And then, like, then I start to roll a little bit. I'm like, yeah, things did happen. But right. um, I just don't, I think journaling might be smart in terms yeah. of recall of like success and it like kind of cuts through the bullshit. Yeah. And in, in that being your own, mm-hmm. right? It kind of it kind yeah. of eliminates it, it eliminates the ability to not acknowledge mm-hmm. your work. And I gotta say, I think part of it is I think I overcompensate for having been overly optimistic in the past. Mm. You know what I mean? Like having been yeah, overly optimistic and then it doesn't pan out. Like you get your hopes up, you see a few things, a few possibilities, they don't work out that happens a few times. And then now I feel like I look at everything as like guaranteed not to work out total shock. If it does right. moving on, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's that big swing. Right. And yeah. then the next variation is probably just like, so like I would rather be excited with like an air towards realistic yeah. than just be like negative because yeah. why are you going to do ever- anything if you're like, well, this isn't going to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and then it's a surprise. Yeah. Like, I would, I mean, that's why people play the lottery. They're like, this is going to work. And you get, yeah. you get to feel good for a little while. Mm-hmm. It's different when you're making like calculated decisions. Yeah. And I mean, if I, I have a hunch that if you were to look back, the, what you are considering things that did not work were probably learning experiences and yeah. they were not failures. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, didn't lose the house gambling. Yeah. You know, yeah. whoops. It, yeah. Incidentally, my I had a grandfather who did. Oh, geez. That's so right. <laughs> I don't know if it was at Christmas, but man, can you imagine right. explaining that one? Yeah, blunder like that. Yeah. It's a bad one. Yeah, um, yeah man. So, do you do, like, any kind of, like, year-end recap for yourself like kind of to this idea of tracking right if you're not tracking or not journaling do you take stock at the end of the year in anything i'm i'm very i'm a numbers guy right yeah i'm an excel spreadsheet guy i i like i'm in an excel spreadsheet every day one or the other or the other i've got like 
all these different accounting ones. And so it's like by the end of the year, I'm always comparing all the numbers to all the previous years, all the quarters to all the previous quarters, all the months to all the previous months. That's okay. like a constant for me. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the year, it's like I'm curious to see the the annual result, but I already I'm basically looking looking at it like all the time. So it's like yeah. I'm watching it materialize. So it's not like somebody print out the numbers and give it to me and be totally surprised or interested. You know, it's like I already know you kind what's of, yeah. happening. Yeah, right. Um, and but like that, like the annual differential. You know, like trying to grow a business and like that's something that I do take stock of. But like. I think it's important to realize that that is not necessarily the measure of what we're trying to achieve either. You know what I mean? I think, which is what I was talking about when I write a letter is like, I'm not going to write like financial achievements. You know what I mean? Like right. these are, these are our fourth, fourth quarter numbers, you know, yeah. like, I'm like, okay, I have to say something that's more like tangible, like that was like a human level success. That was like a, an enjoyable moment and it's like those are the things that i'm slower to take account of well and this is like the the brutal truth of that right which is like where you put your attention yeah is like what gets you know taken care of yep and so so parable or i guess like you know tying this in like doing the daily tracking stuff um Terrence, my coach, was like, hey, like, dude, you can't have everything be work. Mm-hmm. It, that and I re- I instantaneously realized it because I'm like, well, if I'm saying I want to, like, do all these things and, like, be a better dad and, like, a better partner and all of this, but everything on my, like, priority list surrounds, like, some type of work mindset. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can say anything I want. It's just not going to happen. Mm hmm. So I think that like just the the simple act of like writing a letter can I think show you areas where you're like, oh, I want to like tweak this a little bit or that's pretty yeah. cool. It's just yeah. it's the ability to slow down and like just kind of bird's eye view what you're doing, I think maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's it's sure. just human that's just human it's like human condition. Have we been doing that forever? Like people get to the end of the year and they're cold and they're like, Oh, I wish I would have got more firewood or like, yeah, I wish I wouldn't have like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty obvious to me that like we're, we're preparers, like right. people are biological preparers. Like, we, right. It's kind of like you look at the bear that hibernates, the squirrel that gets all the nuts, like right. humans are doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, so it's like when you go into an industrialized economy, we have this tendency to still do it, even though it's like you can still buy bananas in December. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's weird. It's yeah. I think there's, there's some stuff going on there for sure. But yeah, uh, I, I think, uh, I think it'll be a, a really good year in 2024 because I'm, I'm feeling optimistic, but I think I need, I want to start to view it through multiple lenses uh differing from how you viewed it this year like going into next year you have different yeah you have a different criteria than you did this year yeah yeah not just as it relates to work yeah yeah i think in general i think i i think i i feel pretty good in about 2023 how physically things actually went 
but I could have had a better outlook. That's like how I feel like about me- it. like just from a could have had like, a better better mental uh, state. Not really? not that it was like really bad. It's just like could have been more appreciative. You know, more. Do you do like, any grateful. kind of like gratitude practice? See, that's the thing. Not not anything like that. Super intentional. Yeah. Um. I really. I really like the five minute journal. Mm. Um, it's a cool concept. I, I love things that are kind of plug and play. Cause I, I think with like ADHD, like I can get so bogged down in like how the system operates that designing mm-hmm. the system, I, it, it can kind of like blow the fuse for me. And yeah. so when I find something where I'm like, Oh, like this is the information that I need presented in a way that I understand and I can just apply it. Mm. The five minute journal is one of those things where like you just do the work. And I did them for a few years. I haven't done them in a long time, but I think, I think it puts into, it starts to put into perspective a practice that is functional, which is like you, you're writing in the morning, right? So you're like basically writing like, you know, three things you're excited about, like three things you're grateful for kind of thing. And it, you do the same thing at the end of the day. And I think that just as a practice, a baseline practice, mm-hmm. that can be a really good one. And sometimes it's like, I mean, it's literally just like, I'm just grateful. I have this cup of coffee. Yeah. I think we, you yeah. put, you put pressure on practices that maybe doesn't need to be there. Yeah. And, and, I don't know that everybody does that, but I think that as I've been working in this idea of like every days again, I realize I'm like, man, it doesn't matter. Like the the thing that I'm doing today doesn't have to be the best. I don't, I don't have to be the most focused. Mm-hmm. It's the consistency. Yeah. And yeah. I did it right. Like yeah. I noticed it around the gym where when I would go to the gym three days a week, I think I felt the need to like push a little bit harder sometimes And looking back, I injured myself more frequently than I I, I haven't been, knock on wood, I haven't been injured since I've been doing five days a week, Mm -hmm. which doesn't really make sense. Except I just think that there, I think it creates a little bit of a buffer where I'm like, no, I'm here to do the work. I'm not here to like push. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be able to do this work tomorrow. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that. I think sustainability. That is, just sustainability. Sustainability yeah. of a yeah. practice, right? Yeah. And like figuring out the like baby steps. I don't know. I I think I told you this. Like I, I feel like this year more than most, like there's a bunch of things that are kind of like coalescing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, like this concept and like this practice and like, you know, these habits are like mm-hmm. working and like being more synchronized. Um, I had sent you uh I think J- uh, James Clear quote a while back right which was if you if you ignored your goals do your processes process process i don't start with that do they lead to the same end result Mm -hmm. right so if you if you took the goal if you're like oh i want to like i want financial freedom i want to retire when i'm 50 well if you didn't have that goal but you worked the way that you're working and saved the way that you're saving would you end up at the same place yeah yeah like are you are you on the course that you think are that you, you are? Are you on the course? Do, yeah. you, do the small steps that you lead up to the larger change? Um, yeah. And I had never crossed paths 
with him before I had heard that quote. And he wrote, he wrote a book called Atomic Habits. And as soon as I put those two things together, I was like, oh, I know, I know that I've read like quotes from that. I recognize the name. He popped up in uh, Masterclass, which mm-hmm. uh, I love for you. Like right now, Masterclass has like a, I think they're doing like a 50% so you can get like you and a friend a, yeah. account. Non-sponsored, yeah. I paid for it. Like, but he, that's basically what he's talking about is like the 1% change. And you just realize you're like, if you take the pressure off of actually making big changes mm-hmm. and just do that, like micro consistency. Yeah. I don't, I almost don't know how you are successful over the long term if you don't do something like that intuitively, if it wasn't yeah. like searched out. Yeah, I, yeah. I just feel like the people that are very successful are probably doing that some way in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I'm down for a good metaphor. Always. Lay it on me. I remember this from like my childhood elk hunting. So mm-hmm. if you've ever hiked around in the trees and been on game trails, you'll know that like game trails have like a weaving pattern on a hillside, like mm-hmm. on a slope where they're like, it's literally like there's, there's layers of them going upward at an angle. And then the opposite direction, there's layers of them going upward at an angle the other way. So you get like a pattern, almost like expanded metal. You know what I mean? I of like a it. ladder. I've stared at them many, many times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and our and when you're elk hunting, you don't walk on ridges because you're skylined, so you always right. side hill. And I I can remember as a pretty young kid, like knowing that I'm in the trees, I can't see where I'm going, but I know we're just gonna eventually break crest a ridge and go to this other side. And I every time I would be on the game trail and I would see the next fork you have up and down and it's only a tiny bit up, like one degree angle up or one degree angle down. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see that like every, I don't know, 50 feet to a hundred yards. And it was like the realization that like, if I always take the one that's like one degree up instead of one degree down, I'm going to gain like a few thousand feet in elevation with like over a matter of hours and not even realize it. But if I, cause it's like, if you take a few of the one degree downs, you're going, backwards and then forwards and backwards and forwards but you can't see where you're going because you're in the trees and i don't i don't know how that applies exactly but i just remember that and i still think about that when i'm like doing anything is like take the one that's about one degree up forward Uh, and you'll end up i think that ties in perfectly and i also think that that may be the best metaphor of the year Huh, well that dude i, I squeezed mean, that, it in <laughs> you fit that one in i don't know if you've been saving yeah. that up what a, that's a metaphor i mean that really you're talking about growth and, and consistently pushing and wanting to slow down you did not realize that you were well i mean you realized you were probably going up but like hmm. it did not come at a cost and i think that yeah. that coming through the year is maybe one of my big takeaways which is if I am actually too hard on myself and if I actually do have a hard time acknowledging accomplishments and yet I am always pushing and feeling like I need to push more like that as a change where you're like, okay, maybe, maybe I can, maybe I can not worry about pushing so much Mm -hmm. and actually just take like the fork that takes me a degree up. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, overall 
what you and I are trying to do as it relates to like self and like satisfaction of creativity and also family mm-hmm. as it relates to business. I feel like that is like a very decent path. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think maybe what's missing is like in that metaphor, you get to these points where you you look back and you're like, Oh my gosh, the truck looks microscopic. Right. Like I'm right. like 1500 feet above the truck. Have you ever had those moments where yeah. you're just walking and walking and you're not going like straight up. So you don't yeah. really feel like you're going up. And then you look back and you're like, the road is just way below you. Yes. Yeah, flow state. It, yeah. You're psyched to be on a trail. But I think it's <laughs> important. Like, look back you know what i mean like look back i like it i don't know yeah no man i mean why are the i don't know i love i love metaphors i love analogies i love stereotypes in a way Mm. because i think it's like it appeals to my sense of efficiency in a way and storytelling where you're like okay i I get it like Mm. That's a much better way of explaining it to me than giving, showing me like a percentile change, you know, over, you know, a decade mm. with, you know, compound interest. It's a, it's yep. a more interest because I, I, unlike you, I'm not a numbers guy. So learning, I don't know, man. I think that, I think that some of the things that like you want, they're so nebulous. And almost not having a goal. You're like, I think it was in the James Clear class that he'd he'd phrase something of like, I want to be the type of person that. And for some reason, I don't, I, I don't set goals. Like I've never had, I don't have like clear cut goals. I'm like, there's things that I kind of like, I see, but I've never had a business plan. I've never had, I've never been like, I want to make this much money by this age. Mm -hmm. Or I want to like my company to be at this point. And I, I almost, feel like the concept of like just 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 a lot like that right like i want to be the type of person that can retire at 50 Mm -hmm. or 60 or whatever it is is easier to build a plan around because you're like well what do those people do and you're like okay well they're doing that like what is the step that i can actually do today i think the fusion 360 has like put this into perspective for me a little while because I struggled around creating massive blocks of time to like learn it as opposed to like, you know, chipping away at it and, and being okay with the fact that I was just chipping away at it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like I'm ending the year with like a kind of a different tool set than maybe over the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say five years because I think that's when five to six years ago, I think my like my toolkit changed from what it had been prior to that. And yeah. so I think I'm just kind of seeing like a culmination of some different life changes, business changes, skill sets, and and just like general knowledge, I guess, and maybe values. Mm-hmm. And that's, that feels pretty good. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Period of, period of growth. And it seems like, it seems like you've changed directions a little bit too. It's like, what do you, I mean, how, when the, you say that, like, what do you see? 
it seems like I don't know, you inject CAD into the way that you were operating. Yeah. It seems like it changes the recipe. It changes the process, which changes the product. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. if you, if you're, if you're modeling in CAD yeah. as opposed to hand prototyping and you're 3d printing, yeah, it's like the whole order of events is flip-flopped. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's paradigm shift. I see, I see three, I see three things which are interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, as it relates specifically to fusion. So in my, in my, like in my work, I like, like when I first, when I learned to make knives, I loved early, you know, I loved eighties to two thousands tacticals. Okay. So when I learned to hand make knives, a lot of them were actually made to, to look almost like a factory knife. Mm -hmm. I wanted like precision. I wanted a certain aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's funny talking, um, to, uh, my friend Nick Rossi, who is a very talented bladesmith, he it's same for him. He's like he just wanted to forge them, but he still wanted it. He's like, yeah, like you mm-hmm. look at, he grew up looking at Emerson's, and you're like, so the lines are there, right? So I had this. In my case, those knives, I know they are better off. Like I know that I can do them on the CNC in a way mm-hmm. that actually suits what the product is. Mm-hmm. Right. But I was making, I was do a lot of those. I would still like creatively, I would want to build them and I would do it by hand, but I didn't draw a CAD for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think that what fusion 360 does there is actually allow me to start to push those forward in a way that is interesting from a manufacturing standpoint, mm-hmm. but also a creative standpoint. That step, because it's tied to efficiency, opens the door for me to have more time to build the things that don't actually fit into that box. Mm-hmm. And that is really exciting. Um, yeah. It's like my dad says, systematize everything that can be so that you can humanize everything else. I love that. If you're going to put a chamfer on a part that is per- as perfect as you can achieve. Yeah. Why is the CNC mill not doing it? Yeah. Why? And and just because you can do it by hand doesn't mean that that's where your time is best spent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because there's things the machine can't do. Why are you trying to replicate what the machine can do when you should be doing something the machine can't do? You know, Um, do you are you familiar with um, I'm going to I might butcher his last name, Peter, Peter Johansson, or is it Peter Johnson? It might be Peter Johnson. I think it's Peter Johnson. So he's a swordsmith. Mm-hmm. I look at him and the way like textures and patinas and like these micro I was like, you can't do that on CNC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't do it. That, that is where to me, I I've always struggled with the idea of like, and even, even as like a fully handmade maker, I kind of struggled around that concept of like, it's better because it's made without machines. I think where that line hits for me is like it's better when it's <laughs> thoughtfully designed and like the techniques mm-hmm. are appropriately applied. Like yeah. I would much I would much rather spend time doing patina and texture work 
than chasing a perfect chamfer. Yeah. Or bandsawing. With yeah, on a on a wheel. And that's that's my own personal preference. And I realize there are people that in the work, yeah. that's what they want to do. They want to prove that they can be precise fully by hand. Yeah. Right. Well, but if if you're if you're willing to just say I'm going to use the best tool for the job, yeah, bar none, like just right. that's what I'm going to do. I think the fear of a lot of people is that well, the CNC is going to be the best at everything. Yeah, but it's like there's something being missed there that you like. There's things that humans are far better at, and so there's things where your own hands are the best tool for that job. Yeah, and it's like if you're if you're using like a like a stigma around a tool as the reason yeah. to use the tool, yeah, or not use the tool as yeah. opposed to like is it the best tool? I mean, ooh, can I can uh, I give a really clumsy metaphor? Okay, this one specifically as it relates to process. Uh, you are cooking with a family member. This could be a I, I'm I'm envisioning either a mother-in-law or like a brother-in-law something like that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and they grab a non-stick pan and a metal spatula oh yeah works fine it's just not actually it doesn't serve a purpose and there's there's damage on the back end and like mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of things where you look at that and you're like the argument can be made that if the the task is to you know flip the eggs metal spatula is 100% fine. Mm-hmm. But I feel weird that I just talked about nonstick pans. But, you know, or kitchen knives. It's like, don't put it mm. in the dishwasher. There's a point where, like, the dishwasher is a great tool. In the case of a handmade knife with a natural, you know, natural handle material, it's not the right tool. Yeah. Does, yeah. This, does the same end result, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Third part of how fusion I think is directly impacting. I think that around factory collaboration, which is a significant portion of my business. Right. And at this point, like honestly legacy, like I look at it as a legacy project. Mm -hmm. I think that the, in there may be the largest paradigm shift because Originally, you hand make the things. You take the prototype. Mm-hmm. There is a point where at this point, I also, I don't necessarily want to use my very finite, creative, like super satisfying, inefficient making time, right? To design some of the products that I want to produce as a, as as a production model mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think there was a limbo phase where it's kind of making do with multiple systems and i think that with having a better grasp of cad that the end product we t- we like touched on this a little bit but like end product is better workflow is better but creativity is actually there because I'm able, I see areas where I'm able to take risks and make quick changes. I'm 3D printing stuff right now because I want to see a, a, a very small change in a design. Mm-hmm. The, the design changes that are super annoying, taking them to a factory and working with them and being like, yeah, I do. And this is, this is the tie-in, right? 
This is a degree change. Mm -hmm. I want that line changed by a degree. Yeah. I can see it. No one else cares. Yeah. 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 Those, those three things tied together. Okay. The ability to be more productive, more efficient, and actually produce product that I, that I love anyway. Right. But is not like from the business standpoint, like the most profitable area for me to spend my time. Right. Mm -hmm. The ability to design more efficiently and creatively bookended by the fact that I might actually be able to do some forging and have the headspace to just like build the one-off things yeah. that I want to build that yeah. aren't well built in any other way. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Best tool for the job. Best tool for the job. Yeah. Oh man. Is there anything you would have done different this year? Um, yes, but they mostly have to do with, again, my perspective on things. Totally. Because I think, I think my own skepticism, it's like it, it was a good year of me overriding skepticism and doing the things that like my, my calculations say are going to work even though like there's the voices of like, Oh, be careful, easy, you know, don't, don't overdo it. Like you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to get burned. Like there's those right. negative voices. I think yeah. ignoring those negative voices, not just barely enough to actually do the thing. Right. But also <laughs> to like shut them the F up, like for the following few months, you know what I mean? Of like, no, this is what we've decided we're going to do. Right. Like no questioning end of story. Like it's, it's just all about mindset for me is like, I wish I wouldn't have been so nervous about decisions that were already made. You know what I mean? Sure. Cause it works out in the end. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, a, that's a hard one, but it's a good one to carry in. And I think there's, there's some level of just tr experience and trust in yourself. Like after a while, like there are things, <clears throat> there are things now that I know at 40, about myself that I did not know at 20 and it makes perfect sense. Same person, same brain, <clears throat> different experiences. Mm -hmm. And I know areas that I have struggled with since I was 20. And I know areas where I'm like, it doesn't matter how much I struggle. I'm going to get it done. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That there's some peace that comes in that. It, and it's, it's a small, I think there's small changes. And I think that like the, if you're an anxious person, like the tendency to like lean into your anxiety around certain things is going to be there unless you really do the work, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, for me, it's, I would say the exact same thing. I would say that the changes, the things like the, the big, like building block stuff of the year all worked well. I think it would have been like refinement or like reframing mm -hmm. around how much I stressed. Yeah. about certain things yeah it's like i just i don't feel like the stress actually helped me it was just it was right. just there it was just static just yeah. sand in the gears you know like yeah. it didn't need to be there yeah well and then you stretch that out and you're like did the stress help your family yeah yeah exactly right. and like an argument can be made like oh like i was stressed so i like got more done that's a, that's what i'm starting to question i think for a long time that was kind of how i felt which mm -hmm. is like <clears throat> it's almost, I feel like it's like almost like puritanical 
in mm-hmm. some sense of like you have to work hard to be successful. And I'm not saying that you don't have to work hard. That's not the, that's not what I'm saying, but it, it doesn't to have be to be painful like, for it to be yeah, successful. It, it has yeah. to be uncomfortable and painful. Yeah. And I think that that is what I'm starting to see as, yeah. as different. And I do actually feel that a lot of my practices would are, were, or were working towards that concept. But mm-hmm. I think my brain was still struggling around the idea of that it needed to be more painful yeah. or like more time yeah. intensive. And I think I'm, I think I'm just coming to the conclusion of like, no, like since I've been doing the every days, I somehow have more time. And if you had asked me at the beginning of the year, if I had time to do the things that I'm doing every day, I would have unequivocally told you no. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. It's reframing. Yeah. There was more juice with another squeeze. It's true. Yeah. Right. Weird, That's man. something something I would love to I might have to ask you more about that in a future episode. What's finding that? more time? Dude, do just legitimately daily tracking app. Mm-hmm. Pick the things that you want to do that you're like, okay, non-negotiable. Like what is non-negotiable? So I did that was something I did throughout the year. Um because I have I have the tendency to lose things in the notebook, right? Like I come up with a mm-hmm. plan, it's a good plan, it's working. I'll do it for a month or two, and then it just fades. And it's mm-hmm. not I'm not like, oh, there that thing goes. It's one day I remember that I was doing that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a month after I've stopped. And then yeah. with my brain, I it's like if I miss something, I have a really hard time restarting. Mm-hmm. The dailies have helped with that because like I do a week, an end of week check-in and I'm like, all right, like, um, uh, I missed the gym one day. I'm like, oh, I still went four days. Mm-hmm. Four days is better than no days. And it's easier to like restart it that next Monday or, mm-hmm. so I would say that that if, if I gave you like one thing where I was like, Hey, try this. I think I actually think that would be it. Good. But yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what you're trying I don't like, I guess it would be a grat, like you could do some gratitude, but that's mm-hmm. not really tangible. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you could right now, if you saw something, you're like, I would like to make a change. Like, do you see anything where you're like, I would like to make a change in this area? Uh, gym stuff, exercise been patchy. I feel like I've been eating well, so that's okay. sustain me, but like, it's not enough. It's gotta be more physical. Um, and then, like you said, just like, I would have borderline on calling it like meditation. Okay. Cause it's like the RPM in my brain is like super high yeah. all the time. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I actually, I love it. Yeah. So do I, it's an addiction. <clears throat> yeah. So that's, that's the thing is like, I don't like even feel burnt out. Like that's not where this is coming from. Yeah. It's more of coming from like, I think back and it's like at that kind of RPM, like my ability to take in the world around me is like very narrow. Yeah. And then it's like, I feel like I'm missing things. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like. Absolutely. So. So maybe maybe that's where you you find something and like meditation is such an interesting one. So many different. Variations. Times of day, like Headspace app is great. 
like if you did that or you're Headspace. like, all right, I'm going to, yeah. And it, cause again, it's plug and play. You go in, so you do it. What's interesting is, uh, there's a guy named Mike Skinner. I've mentioned to you, he's, uh-huh. uh, executive some, from some large companies and he's been coaching, uh, my, my buddy, Wilson Capron, who's friends uh-huh. with my dad. And he's been on my dad's podcast and stuff. And he talks always about time journaling. Yeah. And when he, when I heard him talk to them about it, he was, because they bill by the hour, like that's sort of right. the methodology of like the saddle making and bit and spur making. Oh, and so really? His, yeah. And so his mindset was maximizing their billable hours through time journaling. Okay. To, to, because there's, you know, X amount of hours in the shop and then there's X amount of billable hours. Okay. Not the same thing. And so he wanted them to journal what their overall hours versus billable hours was. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't bill by the hour, so it doesn't apply to me. But then now you're telling me this and it makes me think like maybe my hours are more billable than I'd like to believe in a sense. Yeah. Because, it's just who you're paying that bill to. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Or who's paying yeah. you rather. I might have to talk to Mike about that. We might have to get Mike on here, honestly. Yeah, too. I would, I would love yeah. to have, I would love to have him on here. Yeah. And I also think that you, I cannot, I cannot ex- like overemphasize how much value I have gotten through working with people that I respect mm-hmm. who are able to give like feedback. And, and for me, I actually really like to pay for it because I want to pick who I see. I want, and I want a coach that like, I respect like what they have done and feeling, feeling like they're able to contribute something. Mm-hmm. Even though a lot of it is sounding board, you, you, yeah. you know, they, no one can know like your priorities, your goals at at an intimate level the way that you do like or intuit them i don't think Mm -hmm. but being able to talk to someone who's able to reframe them or give some clarity around maybe an emotion dude it's worth its weight in gold yeah you know so -hmm. that might be that might be like a good one where you're like okay because you will get pretty soon i think like for you i think your business will i mean you're gonna continue to grow and you'll probably at some point hit a point where you're like oh this is like like yeah i'm actually i don't know how to answer this question or i'm in over my head and you will no doubt solve it but you might be a point where you're like oh if i have you know you have someone to like reach out to to discuss that maybe there's value ahead of time i don't know yeah i mean there's only there's the there's always the point where delegation is required and there's more than just delegating like the making of the product. There's also, there's only so many decisions that can be made by a person that are quality. Right. Um, so it's like in, in a way bouncing ideas off, even if you're ultimately the one making the decision, having them reinforce decisions or dissect decisions maybe is like, it's like a way of delegating to lower the decision fatigue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there? I was thinking about this. So, as it relates to me, I was thinking going into next year, like my number one focus. God, it's, it's hard because it's not my main focus around the business, but it's like it's a it's like a house, like a non negotiable thing. Mm-hmm. So, really dialing in my finances is was the 
kind of the last half of this year's goal mm-hmm. did not meet the goal. But I think because of how I was approaching it and the tracking that I'm doing, it doesn't feel like I failed. And that is really interesting because I'm uh, in the past, I have been like pretty all or nothing. And I set like very Mm -hmm. large, like aspirations. And then if I don't meet them, I'm incredibly hard on myself about that. And it's a failure. Mm -hmm. The, the change this year is like the realization that like the needle has been moved significantly, Mm -hmm. even though I miscalculated the time. Um, but we're really good at not, we're really good at acknowledging failure but not acknowledging change in situations. So like I look at it, I'm like, okay, we had my father come live with us. Mm-hmm. It's a third child. I do not equate that into maybe why I would not have met some goal that I set yeah. for myself. Yeah. That's not my brain. But because of the tracking, I'm able to kind of like look back and see some of those things. So that, I think moving forward, that is, that's kind of like my main focus. And that ties into the reframing the stress and like the like allotment of time because mm-hmm. I realized that like if my financial house is truly in order, it eliminates a huge kind of bubble of anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Do you, is there anything around your business that you feel like next year you're like, you know, or, or this year, like refining where you're like, this thing needs to be more set in stone or changed in some way? Um, I think we really rounded the corner on the current knives that we're making on our schedule structure, because like I said, we converted and it has like really washed away a lot of my demands for just like the amount of things. Hold on. The amount of times that I had to like, think in the morning of a strategy, a strategy for the day. Yeah. It was like every day I had to strategize like, this is what we're going to do. And then be like, Oh wait, we're out of that. Um, yeah. Okay. Chat strategy change. Now it's all like pre laid out, pre decided. And that I'm really happy about, but honestly, I think for 2024, honestly, we're getting erratic with our ability to handle our small amount of space. Yeah. It's getting to where no amount of organization can master like, that small of amount of bench space you know what right. i mean um maybe that's not true but it feels that way and so we're like feeling pretty aggressive about expanding our ability to spread out a little bit yeah. new shop so it's just the things we're doing need more space more kind of space full, right. story yeah how many how many models did you bring out this year uh so the confidant doesn't fully count but it actually began to ship this year yeah, it, okay. it launched like late last year, yeah. but I'll ca- I'll count it. There's a Confidant, Overland Sport, Turn. That's good. Three models. Three models. Yeah. And I mean, arguably another model that is pretty far along in the process. Yeah. So the, so like the timeline of the of the LT5 is like similar to the timeline of the Confidant, where yeah. it won't ship until Q1 of next yeah, year, but it's but part it's of this year. Yeah. yeah. We did our first collab this year. Yes. That's pretty cool. Mm, yeah, it was. Your company did its first designer collaboration yep. this year. Yep. That's pretty yep. cool. Um, 
I got the chance to be the first one, which is like, mm-hmm. that's, we've like joked around about that so many times, like as it relates to like CRKT where you're like, that's, that's crazy. You're like, you know, the, like an original that over mm-hmm. a long timeline, that is very fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Just reflecting. You know? Yeah. That's kind of, are you, are you getting ready to like knock off for a few days? Like the year? Yeah. What do you, what's I mean, that look like? we got a pretty long weekend right now. Uh, I'm technically off today nice. after this and then Monday, Christmas work three days, another long weekend. Cause Monday's New Year's day. Nice. You're going to work so, next week though. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. work three days in the shop. We'll basically have two four day weekends because we nice. only work for it. We have a normal four day schedule. So if you have a Monday off, you have a four day weekend. Yeah. Um, so a couple of four day weekends and then yeah. See how I feel after that. But I, I do think a downshift's coming. I think yeah. it's get shaking out some of the uh tension around the holidays with the scheduling and all that and then doing a downshift. Sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, we've got family coming in tonight. Um my plan my plan is I'm going to I'm I'm going to try to keep on like my morning work. I also have to be I can't can't do overnights like family rented a house. I've got my dad at our house. Mm. I can't leave him overnight alone. So I think a lot of the, the nights I'm just going to be at home, but doing that like means that I can sleep, wake up super early, get a few hours working and then go like hang out with the family more. Yeah. Um so I don't know if I'm going to actually take like real time away. You know, it's funny is doing, doing this like work schedule. It hasn't, it actually doesn't feel like work. It just mm-hmm. feels so organic. Good. And I feel like very early on, this might've been what it felt like. Where I wasn't aware that I was like at work doing <laughs> like work mm-hmm. things. I was just spending time the way I wanted to spend it. Yeah. Um, and I've really enjoyed the ability to, because starting so much earlier, just leaving earlier. Mm-hmm. It's a, that slight reframe. It's the same amount of time. Yeah. It's just shifted. Yeah. So yeah, trying to like carry those those lessons. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask: any like as it relates to like the industry, you see any big things this year? Uh, I'm gonna just call out the elephant in the room. There's been a slowdown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, if you're in, in the industry, you've, you already know this, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like, I don't know that it's totally evenly slowed down across the board, but the overall volume overall market is softer yeah. than it was a year ago for sure. Yeah. Uh, and um, you see this in multiple areas. So, yeah. um, custom knives, it's really funny. Like recently, like a bunch of people have like posted up amazing collections yeah. of knives, clearing yeah. it out. And you're like, okay. It's just ebb and flow for me. I don't really feel, I don't feel one way or another about it. I think it's just like process. Yeah. Yeah. Production side. Same. Yep. Uh, Cause I, and I think I, I think I've talked about this before already on the pod, but like that, that I like was dwelling on that a little bit of like, okay, the whole thing's moving. How do I integrate that into my calculations? How do I decide how to move? And I think I kind of weaned myself off of that. And so it's like, yeah, I'm going to mention that it exists, but Again, I've got to stop with the negative thoughts. You know what I mean? It's not right. like I feel like a negative person. It's just like questioning myself on every turn. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to like stop doing that. Here's what I know yeah. about you is it relates to that. 
you're going to figure it out. You might, a plan that you set might not be the thing that you stick to. Mm -hmm. If you see something coming down the road that needs to change. Yeah. But I also, I just, I've watched you adapt how you work for the last decade. And that's the, that's the consistent. So the consistent is you have adapted and you mm. have changed and there's right. never been a point where you were going backwards. There's no reason to like, look at yeah. that now and be like, Nope, this plan that I set, it's written yeah. in stone. If you know, the market yeah. changes, I'm going to, I'm going to die yeah. on this hill. Not going to happen. Right. And you might not even know that you're making a change. Yeah. You your brain's going to come up with a different product, yeah. or a different it's collaboration or something. I think I think I think where I'm the line I like of trying to balance is like there's the confidence arrogance yeah dilemma yeah. of like I really hate arrogance when I feel like I'm being that way. <laughs> I know. Like it's like something I've experienced before, and it's something that I like really suppress. But yeah. it's like you can suppress it to the point that you have no confidence too. Yeah, it's like how do you that? I mean, what's the difference between the two? Is it a spectrum? I don't know, but like, there's that kind of thing. Well, related to kids, uh, you'll you'll see this with your boy when he gets a little bit older. Like, dude, Bo will talk about how he is the best at something mm. <laughs> or how fast he is. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, that is, that is confidence, not backed by experience or ability. Yeah. It's a different thing. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not like, I mean, yeah, I don't like talking shit about my kid. No, I know. I know. Cause he's saying. delightful, but it's super yeah. funny to like watch yeah. him and a friend talk about the things that they are the best at. Yeah. You yeah. know, we were at a friend recently that was talking about like their son plays little league and they're like, Oh yeah, you hear him. Like he's just a ripper. That's like, if you watch him, it's a very different scenario. Yeah. But yeah. talk's a good talk. Yeah. I think that, I think that maybe, man, I, I, so I struggle with the same thing. I, I think it's the awareness of like, what it has taken to do certain things and you're proud of it, but you're also, you're not proud of your pride, which is weird. Mm -hmm. And that might relate to some of this concept of like not really acknowledging the things that you've done that are positive. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I totally get that. I mean, but, but at a point you're like, it's just confidence. So and there's the other thing is if it's, you're not making an argument. Like if you're showing the work, the work is speaking for itself. That's the, the mm -hmm. and if you are proud of that, is that what you are looking at as arrogance? Because you're just, mm -hmm. those are the moments where you're actually acknowledging what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, this really is a full circle because like we just talked about acknowledging the good things that happen. Mm -hmm. It's like that runs against the words of like, don't read your own press. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, how do you, how do you reinforce yourself without becoming? Uh, I think that's different too. Like not yeah. buying into your own hype. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. 
Yeah. I don't want to base my opinion off of what other people say about me. And that's true regardless mm. of if it's good or bad. Okay. Yeah. But I think outside of that, and we, and you see that a lot, like people, mm. people buy their own hype. Mm-hmm. That's a good one to not do, but yeah. that doesn't have anything to do with you acknowledging what you are doing and your capabilities and right. You know, don't mm-hmm. be arrogant. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. You're like I, one of the least arrogant people I've ever met. <laughs> well, I, I do appreciate that because it's like so true, man. I, I mean, I don't know if I buy that, but like the, the reality is like, there's something about that that makes me really sick. Like the, like arrogance in general. Yeah, the fact it's like my worrying least about it. human quality. Yeah. And it, it may be to a, a point that it's not healthy. Like I dislike it that much. Like, I don't know, but the I fact try to... that you are worrying about it is probably indicative of the fact that you are, that is not something that you are embodying as a personality trait. I'll appreciate that. <laughs> Someone else that knows you well, that is listening to this is also laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I guarantee it. I don't know, good. man. Well, I had, I had a great year recording this with you this is we've missed you know we've had like some pockets where we miss but this is still proving to be like one of the more enjoyable yeah outlets just a good yeah it it does have a feeling like i talked about journaling it does especially episodes like this one it has a it has a journalistic characteristic totally of like what'd you do this week and it's like well let me think it's like well this was good and this sucked you know what i mean so (laughs) Yeah. It's also it's it's kind of fun because like I struggle around social media because I don't I don't always know what to post. And for a long time, it was like I posted the things that I'm working on. So if I don't have something that I'm working on that I'm super interested in, I have a hard time just posting a picture. OK, this is this has been a nice reprieve from that because it's like there's always something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's always something interesting. Doesn't mean it's something super relevant, but there's always something to talk about. And the, that process is enjoyable and i think it leads to other conversations and other thoughts and right there that means there's value in it for me mm-hmm. just you know yeah yeah it's been great it's let's good. do another year all right one more do another man three that's yeah. crazy i asked you you said a year and a half two, not yeah, about two 18 years. months ish 18 months it was okay. after blade show in 2022 that we started. That we started. It was like June. And we are 50 some odd episodes in. Yeah. Coming up on 60. We're like 57. Coming up on 60. Something we like started, that. We started a Patreon this year. Yep. Which we had talked about doing very early on. Yeah. You know, this that's like a great example. Like you and I have had very, like over the course of the last 18 months, like different ideas around the pod. And all of those have been slow. Right? Like if we looked mm-hmm. at it and we're like, well, we didn't do this and this and this and this. It could be very easy to be like, well, yeah. we didn't get it done. But I actually yeah. don't feel like that. Yeah, I no, feel it, like it's just like very natural. Just, yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, it's a testament to the fact that we're not podcasters, we're knife makers. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like the fact that it continues to exist, that alone is something we should be happy about. You know what I mean? Because it's that, not. The consistency. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the consistency there is the thing. Just actually sitting yeah. down and recording. 
so where, yeah. So the, I guess to tie into that, like, you know, James clear quote, it's like, if we just keep doing this, like, where does this lead? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. I'll wrap it. Let's call it. Get it. Wrap it. Cause it's yeah. the holidays. Uh-huh. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank yeah. you guys for hanging out with us this yeah. year. Catch you. Everybody has a good holiday. Catch you in 2024. Oh, be safe yeah. on the roads. Yep. Yep. All right. Enjoy family. Yeah. Peace. Bye guys.